Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, November 12, 2023, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Now Mind You podcast. We're your hosts. I'm TJ. Y'all can tell he's back. I'm Matt. You, you kind of matched my energy this time. Last week was abysmal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't on last week, nigga. It was me. No, I was on last week. It was you, me, and Bryce. Remember? Bryce, was, was he, the leash ago. was back on. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, I'm still so traumatized. Which, <laughs> speaking of which, Bryce is not with us today because he went on a little trip. Uh, and I will let him talk about that when he's back on. But he should be having Let's a good time. Back. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if y'all know hopefully him, he's not too him. loose. Hopefully, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Hopefully, he's not too loose out there. Uh, <laughs> Either A, he's not coming back, or TSA was not going to let this man leave. Like, sir, you just oh. can't do this. <laughs> can't. Um, on that note, <laughs> we we have a thin docket for y'all today. By the way, this is episode 94 manga, six episodes away from our 100th manga review episode. But uh, our docket today consists of Hajime no Ippo, Sakamoto Days, and we're going to finish off with Kaiju number eight before we get into what was our favorite chapter this past week, as well as our topic of the week, which is what this week, Matt? Five anime duos? Nigga, what was the topic this week? Don't put five on it. That is too late now. It's too late <laughs> now. Anime duo. And I made there the mistake. There was no limit. Not putting a number limit on it. So. There was no limit. <laughs> Let's just get to it. <laughs> so, with that, go ahead, bro. It's Epo time. All right. So uh, we got Hajime no, uh, Hajime no Epo chapter 1439. God damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's called perfect sparring. So, in the last chapter or so, um, Mashiba has pretty much stated that he is now gonna fight how he plans on fighting the night of the fight. And Ipo, being you know the analyzer that he is, has realized the difference in uh Mashiba's stance. He's now standing wider, but he's pushing his lead foot out even further, mm-hmm. which again. The, the attention to detail when it comes to boxing and dimensions and things like that, that Morikawa is really unmatched. It's like, it's very, it's done very well because there's just sudden nuance. Like there's one panel where there's like a dummy and he's showing the slight difference in shoulder positioning and how that pretty much creates a difference in what's available yeah. for Epo to throw against than a southpaw. Oh, the, the right hand's position in particular, yeah. Yeah, the right hand positioning, uh, particularly as well as the the shoulder. Mm-hmm. So, Ipo is noticing this is what's kind of trumping him in this situation, and he goes to give Mashiba a compliment, telling him he realizes what he's doing, and Mashiba just lets off a barrage of punches, and he's like, "Why are you sucker punching me?" And he was like, "Because we're still fighting," and it's like, "Bro, you know this is not a normal person that you're dealing with. Like, you know this already." I don't know what's up with your man, but <laughs> at any rate, uh, they finished the round. Mashiba blasts him with like a, a right hand. And when the round's over with, Itagaki's like, cool, three rounds, just like uh, just like we said we were going to do. And Mashiba's like, so what? What you mean, so what? Like, he's like, oh, you know, 
I've already sparred a little bit. You know, we did three rounds, and he was like, yeah, you're not tired. So <laughs> we get ready to spar. You're you going to let me down? You're going to spar? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'll do another round, not knowing that Mashiba wants to hurt him because all the way back. Because <laughs> <laughs> that shit was funny to me, but all the way back, like at least 10, 12 chapters ago, when Ipo had some alone time with Kumi, and he kept feeling like he saw Mashiba watching them. He was watching them. And he was just like, he's trying to use this moment basically to beat on Ipo because he's like, yeah, you really think I'm going to let you look after my sister? Like, you thought I didn't see he was trying to get smooth with her, you know, in the middle of the night when y'all but were by y'all. He, he was painting like a really nasty picture of Ipo. Like, Ipo was trying to take advantage of her. Like, yeah, bro. It's like, bro, he was wanting to send the invite. <laughs> like, bro, come on. Like anyway. she sent the she put up the bad signal, dog. <laughs> right. Um, but at any rate, uh, and Epo is just like, I have to he goes into straight Epo mode, like I have to give a hundred percent or else I haven't truly helped him. Like I'll be wasting his time if I don't give maximum effort. You know, Epo again not being aware of the fact that like he can kill somebody <laughs> like with his hands, like, but whatever. And basically, they start an exchange on the inside, and Epo even switches back to Orthodox. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Because, yeah, I mean, for real, he switches back to Orthodox simply because they were already, like, the fight got so intense that he went back to what was natural for him to do. Um, <laughs> And he apologizes even in that moment, and... In the middle of them sparring, uh, we see Ipo blast him with this overhand. Um, and we also see Itagaki at the end taking video of them sparring. And he also calls it a brother-in-law brawl. Hmm. Uh, that's the end of the chapter. And I'm going to pass it over to TJ. I would just want Ipo to make Mashiba verbally tap out at this point. Just to put the respect that he should be putting on Ipo's person at all times. This is somebody whose fist you've already succumbed to why are you talking reckless like this like you stand a chance um i thought when he switched back this is why i laughed earlier too because i thought when he switched back to orthodox it was hilarious that was literally him leaning in with his control so all right you want to play let's play yeah like, um, okay let's get it i'm let's, a gamer let, yeah he was a gamer man let, let, let's see how this concludes uh this sparring session i feel like they will probably have to be torn away from each other uh, before Ipo critically injures Mashiba, because I think that that could be what's coming, especially if he reverted back to Orthodox. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Ipo one is the main character, but two, win, lose, or draw, nobody he fights is the same after they fight him. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever gets hit as hard. Like, nobody deals with the same. You know what I'm saying? It's just not the same when they fight other guys. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, that was all I had. That was my final thoughts on it. Same. I, I just want I just want to see where this, how this sparring session ends. Um, yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing else from me. All right. Well, why don't you take us to our next one? Sakamoto Days, Yuto Suzuki, Chapter mm -hmm. 143, titled Entry. Where to leave off? Asaki has arrived at Assassin Con 2023. Uh, how how would I summarize this? 
Slur explains his thought process while Mafuyu makes his way with, you know, Sheen on his tail to a member of the order. My review. I think when Bryce is back, he is not going to like this. Uh, he, he, thought <laughs> no. Slur, he thought Slur was on dirt uh, and come to find out Slur was on even more dirt than we initially thought. He's taking advantage of the fact that Mafuyu and Toramaru, who I didn't even consider, also had a bomb implanted in her. Uh, he's taking advantage of the fact that they're not even in the assassin system, the JA or the JCC. Uh, maybe I should start calling them the JAA and the JCC. I didn't know Toramaru had a bomb in her too, to be honest. And it's just, I, I, I'm still curious. I mentioned this maybe a chapter review or two ago, but I'm wondering who's in the driver's seat when they're coming up with all these plans. Is it mm. Uzuki or is it uh, Rion? If it's Rion, I'd be like, give me that flashback so I can figure out where she went left. <laughs> like, but, yeah. uh, I don't know, man. It, this is wild. Um, it seems that Young Face Mask and Totomaru are fully aware that the idea is for them to die, but he kind of doesn't care as long as he gets to fight someone in the order. I don't think I've ever looked past, like, personally, I don't think I've ever looked past Mafuyu's abrasive behavior to wonder why he's so fixated on joining the order in the first place, because that that has been made known since the plane, uh, the plane battle, right? Like when he first encountered Sheen, we we've known about this goal of his. Is there some type of revenge backstory that we've just not been privy to or aware of? We know that Natsuki, his older brother, right? Uh, it, well, we know that Natsuki is his older brother, but why is the goal the order, right? Something isn't mathing here. Were his parents killed by the order, right? Um, I hope we get some insight and look like Shin was reading his mind because we did see a flash panel with what looked to be Natsuki and Mafuyu standing side by side. Um, speaking of Shin, I don't like seeing Shin. I, I just don't like how Shin was behaving in this chapter. Not so much what he was trying to accomplish, but what he looked like. He just looked like, you know, nameless thug number three in the chase scene that's getting... Uh, inconvenienced by all these slight obstacles and constantly getting literally piled on right uh because to me sheen is the protagonist of this series and he's kind of being reduced to comic relief in a pretty serious world ending scenario for sakamoto days at least right it's all sakamoto days though right <laughs> that's what i'm saying like for, for sakamoto days um it, it feels like he's not ready for any of what's about to unfold it feels like he it feels like we just got all right. If we were to to play the power scaling game, it feels like Sheen just got power scaled up, but everyone else got power scale scaled like end times, right? Where if we go back to when he was um when they were at the JCC, they were just training doing the the Team Seven Kakashi Bell Drill uh before the J uh the the X group attacked right before they came on campus. It seemed like he just got his love love with his Nintendo Power Glove. Like he just got his equivalent <laughs> of the Black Flash, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden right now, it's not doing anything vis-a-vis -vis this new opposition that they're encountering, right? And the, the, the opposition they're encountering isn't even that new. Like he's fought a Gaku, albeit via Shinaya. He's been side by side with, with Mafuyu. So it's, it, it just seems like, 
maybe this plot is intentionally nerfing him, but I, I can't say that I like it. Um, oh, and even going in, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but going into the elevator situation, he wasn't even aware of Osaragi's presence. Uh, now, switching gears, let's talk about the president of the JAA, Asaki. He is immediately dislikable as a character. So, sir, th- this this is a valuable work of art, centuries old. He's like, uh, that's crazy. Anyway, I'm going to hang this in my bathroom. Uh, <laughs> like, right. like. Hey, I'm gonna need y'all to uh uh refinish this shit, get the dust off it. Let's put it in your frame. But, but sir, it's like, sir, th- th- this is something that's owned by the British Museum, by the way. Fuck oh, the God, British Museum. Right. <laughs> so anyway, it was like this is owned by the British Museum. We we, we it's actually on loan. And then he's you like, know hey. what you're putting in your body. And, <laughs> okay, Killmonger. <laughs> With your ancestors, anyway. Um but he's like, yeah, this is on loan from the British Museum. Dude's like, hey, buy the British Museum real quick. We bought it. Okay, cool. Let's hang this up in my bathroom, but let's make it look better than it is. Kind of looks like a piece of shit right now. It's like, goddamn, like just shitting all over the place, flexing his wealth unnecessarily, touching art that shouldn't be touched. Anyway, just basically, he's disrespectfully wealthy. Um, to put it in Dave Chappelle terms, even though I guess Dave Chappelle is kind of canceled right now, but. He's got that shut the fuck up money. Um, but I digress quite a bit. I want more context of why he is like that, though. Is he a product? And this is something I feel like I brought up when we got the Sakamoto Days High School highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Um, is Asaki a product of Alkamar? Basically, if you are familiar with Monster, this is the 511 Kinderheim of this universe. Is he a product of Alkamar as well? Is he order level, right? Or was he pulling the strings behind Alkamar? It would stand to reason, to me at least, if the president of the JAA is stronger than the members of the order. If you're going to be president of like the whole thing, I would imagine you're a pretty strong assassin yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe like orders of magnitude stronger than uh, the top member of the order. It would only make sense to me. I'm super curious about where Amane and Yotsumura, Mr. Jazz Music himself, are right now. And we know Amane kind of followed Shishiba, so he can't be too far away. But I'm curious about Yotsumura because a lot of key players in their specific touring line, uh, touring line, storyline of jazz music betrayal, right? A lot of those players are on the field right now. I think we might get an Amane Yotsumura re uh like reunited moment like where's mr takamura uh probably in a holding cell somewhere taking a nap where's they told you i i i i think we want people to make it out of this arc matt (laughs) anyway uh they want people to make it out this arc they put bombs in niggas what are we talking about right but uh Takamura is a bomb in his own way. Okay. He slashes buildings in half, dude. You think anyway. Uh that's 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 taking like a rocket launcher to a mosquito, dog. Like, 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 sure, the mosquito's dead. However, uh anyway, last few points. Dude, Osaraki, did she just bust into that elevator with her raw hands? I don't think she yeah. had her circular saw on her. Okay, thank you for confirming, because that's 
they've already shown that she has like real she's freakily strong she's like, that, freakishly she, strong. she's her she's mm-hmm. her um i'm or still she a, him. Or, <laughs> i'm so, that thought crossed my mind too i'm still upset that kaji got knocked out of the paint as soon as he arrived is that going to be like a running gag for him also, is Kill Baby going to be at the Assassin Con too? This wouldn't um, happen to Kill Baby. I was just about to say that. Oh my God. I shouldn't have opened that door. That's on me. Um, where's my anime announcement? With that, I'm going to pass it over to Matt. So, I actually liked that Shin kept getting inconvenienced. Um, I did peep that he on the low key put on the, the power glove too. Mm-hmm. It was. It was interesting to me how he finally figured it out once he put his hand on Mafuyu, like, you want to do this to save your brother. But again, to me, it's still to a degree unclear because what is killing one member of the order going to do, especially if it's going to end up killing you? Right. I'm not sure how that protects your brother um, or how that even gets your brother out of this situation. Because your brother is on his way there to come save you. Right, because he had he sent that SOS signal uh, yeah. at the start of this arc. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I like that we're seeing that this jump in power and shit from Mafuyu is from training with Gaku, which is what we saw they were doing when Gaku punched him through the wall like two chapters ago. While playing his PSP, yes. Yep. He was in there playing Crisis Core and shit. Ultimately, I think. Ultimately, I think this was like a really good chapter, but now they're in this situation where like they got to deal with. First, well, before we even get to that, did they rock paper scissors for who was gonna go after them? I don't think so. I feel like they did because wait, who rock paper scissors? You're talking about the order members? Yeah, because there there was like oh wait, they had the three fists, the three fists. I thought it was a fist bump. I didn't even peep it could have been rock paper scissors, but then they all threw rock. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right, or maybe not. But what was the panel after that? Uh, That's some saying. Still them running. That is. It is. It's some very Dragon Ball Z. Like, hold up, I'm going first. Uh huh. Went first last time. Um, I love that panel of when Mafuyu saw her, and I was like, "How fast did she close the distance from yeah the elevator doors closing? (laughs) Yeah, so like she was right at the door. He was like, "Here it comes." That's a that's (laughs) a Zanian level of speed. Here it comes. She just busts down through the elevator. Oh shit, we're gonna see. But but also, I'm really excited for the next chapter because we have a crazy action set piece, which is a three-way, if not a two-on-one battle in a falling elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. So this, you, you know. You said you wanted to see a phone booth fight where the phone booth was thrown off a cliff. Yeah, where the phone booth is descending at dangerous speeds. Sure. <laughs> I didn't know I wanted to see that, but you at Niagara Falls. Yeah, so I'll take it. 
But that's all I got on Sakamoto. Well, shit, take us into Kaiju. All right. Last one. We got Kaiju number eight, episode 79. I mean, 97, chapter 87, uh, 97, whatever. The gates of despair have opened. So, picking up where we left off, Kaiju number nine has come through this portal and it's pretty much here to get rid of Mina because Mina one-shotted the Kaiju. And he's like, well, can't have that. So, everybody is rushing to uh, her location and Kaiju number nine senses uh, Kafka because he transforms when he's trying to get over there. He was like, oh, no, can't have you coming over here. Definitely can't do that. And then he suddenly summons all of these giant kaiju with a resistance level of like number eight, which is pretty high. And you also have to remember, all of them have basically gone through like a do or die battle at this point. Right. Like. They've all been pushed to their limit. Everybody's been tested. Everybody has the blood coming out the top of their head and shit. They everybody got a bloodstream on their face, right? So they're just like, damn, we're screwed. Like we don't have nothing left. And Kafka has his flashback moment, and he's just like, damn, I got to be there for Mina because he's realizing too he really has not been there for her, right? So. In that moment, he's telling the kaiju to get out his way. And they open up and they all start shooting these blasts and shit looks bad. I personally think he's going to tank it. He's going to uh, main character plot armor it in like in very quick succession. Just run through all these kaiju. And, you know, try to get to number nine and save Mina. I don't know if Mina dies right here. This manga doesn't really strike me like that. It'd be really surprising and honestly kind of shocking if that was what they did they killed mina in this scene i wouldn't be mad at it though i'm not gonna stunt but i don't know i'm not really sure what the next movie is here other than maybe we're gonna finally like showcase some more stuff with kafka you know our main character so i don't know but those are my thoughts i'll pass it over to tj i didn't like this chapter okay um it was a good chapter, and I didn't like it. Why? Because we have to wait two weeks for another chapter. There was no real additional developments other than the deployment of these weird, non-moving daikaiju with the face hole, energy blast, destroy a city, whatever. Very Shin Godzilla vibes uh, with the lack of movement, but the instant destruction. Um but yeah the main gripe i have is waiting two weeks for a chapter only to get that i don't think that justifies a two-week wait uh but what this chapter did bring out of me were questions namely what is even the source of kaiju number nine's beef with kaiju number eight and i think this kind of ties into the whole kaiju phantom uh and hear me out I think this beef is definitely before Kafka's time because I've always wondered personally why on the first transformation Kafka's face already had some cracks in it like it had like 
I, I brought this up on the podcast, either on the podcast or like phone calls, group chats or whatever. But why is it that first transformation, you just turned into this kaiju, you already look like you're, you've, you've been through some battles. Like, why is there a crack in your face? That doesn't, that, that didn't really sit right with me. So I think that coupled with the fact that number nine has always known the whereabouts of all the remains of the numbered kaiju, like throughout the story and insists on taking them, well, I guess by them, their power back. It always makes me think that this, this beef that they have is a longstanding one, right? And I know that the kaiju get numbered in terms of their, when they appear and how strong they are, but it, I hate that I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it. It, rem- it, it feels like a, an all-for-one, one-for-all situation, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, like, very, I don't know if that's the origin of their beef, but, you know, the kaiju phantom. I would beef phantom, with a nigga that punched my face off forever. The, the kaiju phantom, coupled with all these things about kaiju number nine and its obsession with number eight, it's making me think that we're 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 getting somewhere close to that. Now, with that being said, uh, Mina seems to have a power that Kaiju Number Nine wants, which is interesting. Mina is a human being, to the best of our knowledge. Mm-hmm. To the best of our knowledge, we don't know. We don't know how all these Kaiju appearances, constant Kaiju battles, may We've have seen that she's transformed. Though. Right may have transformed like human genealogy over time or human physiology. Right. But she seems to have this aptitude, this like God level ability to snipe and to cause massive amounts of destructions with every shot she fires. Right. Her aptitude is off the charts. She's not wearing a Kaiju suit. She's just, or I mean, I guess and she can kaiju tame a tiger. Are, apparently. Yeah. All Kaiju suits are, or all, Japanese anti-kaiju defense force suits are kind of kaiju tech based, so so to speak. But you know what I'm saying? She's not wearing like a numbered suit, is what I'm getting at. Um, but she's got something he wants. And I'm like, wait, but she's a human. Why would why would you ha- be able to take her power unless some hmm. unless someone in her ancestry's been living foul, foul. Anyway. Damn. Uh <laughs> uh, I think her trauma is getting re-triggered in a big way. Now, uh, Bryce mentioned this in the group chat, and I kind of agree with it because it's something I've been harping on as well, but Leno has yet to be put in play. And I think it would be crazy cool, pun intended, if he (laughs) just takes out all these Daikaiju simultaneously. Like, he just comes up as, I'm him, Kafka, do your thing, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be mad if the Gypsy Danger made a cameo. Look, it's wishful thinking, I know, however kaijus i am mad that we just got a 25 page setup really that could have honestly been coupled with last week's chapter whatever i'm i think it's realistic to think we might get a mech i agree i'm sorry for the dramatic pause that's fair you probably was thinking it over I, i wouldn't be mad at that You well, had any final thoughts on Kaiju, or shall we mosey on over to favorite chapter? We can mosey on over because we had two more weeks before we got to talk about it again. So, damn. Um, 
I'll kick us off. Favorite chapter this week. One Piece was cooking, uh, really tugging at the heartstrings. But Marshall Master Asumi, bro, hit us with that deep fried good good. You talking about the villain origin? <laughs> Did you read the, today's chapter? Mm-mm. He had he had a Hajime no Ipo Takamura moment. That's what I'll say. Oh, wait, just, who is like, he in this scenario? <laughs> he's Takamura. He's, oh boy, he's not Hawk. He's Takamura. <laughs> that should let you know. That should let you know. How about you, bro? Mm, I ain't fuck with nothing this week for real. No, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> I'm just whoa, hey, that would have been a crazy take. Like, yeah, bro, wow. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and I just don't like manga no more. Uh, <laughs> no, Sakamoto days for me. Mm. I enjoyed it. I like Mafuyu, I like his character design. <clears throat> I'm glad we're seeing more of him. And literally the prospect of this three-way battle and shit is exciting to me. As soon as I saw that, I was like, whoa, oh, 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 it's going to mm. go down. Um, so, yeah. I it, I just realized what it is about his mask that he he looks like he could be Sub-Zero Scorpion or Smoke. Like, like mm-hmm. just put a, put a ninja costume on him. He's got that cosplay ready to go. Anyway, my bad. I digress. Topic of the week. Our topic of the week is top anime duos. Um, so obviously I started with Duo Maxwell from Gundam Wayne. Durums. Different. I guess him and Death Scythe duo. Mm, low key, but no. So first one I got. Obviously, we'll get the the most obvious one out the way, Goku Vegeta. Um, another one that I had, iconic duo. I already know niggas wasn't thinking about Ash and Pikachu. Oh, I went a different route, but yeah. Whoa, <laughs> I'm not, not sure if I like that answer, but hey, relax, right. relax. I'll... Yeah, you're right. I'm not talking it, to Bryce. Uh, <laughs> the the topic of the week also said rivals too. It could be best friends or rivals. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. Um, yeah. So I got Ash and uh Pikachu. Obviously, Goku Vegeta. Um, I had Goon, uh, uh Mugen and Gein, mm. or Gene, Mugen and Gene. I'm Samurai Champloo. Um, I also had. Uh, which what's his name? L. L and um and Light from Death Note. Uh, because they were like actually rivals, but it was just like that whole that whole fucking series is at least that first two seasons or so is like just an entire chess match between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one that I had, oof, it was tough. Like. I don't know. It was it was tough to come down to like a last two because I didn't know if I wanted to do a rival or if I wanted to do like a duo. But I went with um, I went with the Elric brothers. Hmm. Uh, I don't know, bro. You could like that's pretty solid. 
niggas lost their bodies. It was literally just them two. That they were all they had. Yeah, they literally did not have nobody but each other. Like Fun yeah. intended, nobody, huh? I see what you did there. Yeah, come on. You're going to hell. Oh. Um, but and I will say, like looking into it and shit, you really see how many, like, how many kind of duels are somewhat repeated over series. And there's definitely like tropes uh that just kind of go hand in hand with you know certain specific type of series, but you really kind of see certain ones that was carried over or just kind of get copied over and over. One that it was, it was two in particular that I was close to picking, but I didn't go with uh was Vash and Wolfwood. Mm. Um and uh uh Spike and Jet just because it's not just Spike and Jet basically once the series is at like full strength. Cause like it, to me, Cowboy Bebop is at his best when it's the full cast. Mm-hmm. Even though Spike and Jet primarily are a dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like um even though, you know, regardless of Faye and fucking uh Ed. Nine times out of ten, it's they you know shit, they make the rules, <laughs> you know? Yeah, or really jet make the rules and yeah. everybody listen to him. So uh, but that's those are mine. I'll pass it over to you, TJ. Man, I like how you said how many there are, because I got a lot. Um stocking caps and waves, bullets and guns. Wow. Kidding. Um yeah. <laughs> kidding. I was gonna say red and blue from the original Pokemon games. Also known as Ash versus Gary uh, mm-hmm. in terms of rivalry, Tom and Jerry. Uh, okay. Not really, not really anime, but anime means animation. So I was like, "All right, well, let's get literal with it." Fun I was fact, gonna say, "Go ahead." That fucking uh, scream from Tom and Jerry that ah, <laughs> that shit makes me laugh every time I hear it. Anytime I hear that, I'm laughing now. The scream, bro. It's something about that scream that's funny as hell. It should be coming out of a cat. That's <laughs> that's why it's fucking funny. It's like, it should be coming out of a cat, bro. Anyway, it's pain. That's what that scream is. Pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, shit. Now I'm thinking about him. Fucking dying. Uh, I was gonna say Goku and Krillin. You could argue Goku and Nimbus or Goku and the Power Pole, because sometimes too, with like a lot of the the magical items he had, you could almost argue that they were sent sentient. Um, of course, Goku and Vegeta. I was gonna say, well, Nimbus not, is sentient. Yeah, I was, but I mean, Power Pole. I guess uh, he controlled that. That wasn't yeah, sentient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was gonna say, um. Naruto and Shikamaru. Come on. Real Only ones the real. Know. Real ones know. I was going to say Kakashi and Guy, mm-hmm. which seemed pretty one-sided at first, but then Kakashi really does put respect on Guy's name. Um, and their history. And their history, yeah. Mikazuki and Orga. Come on, bro. Hmm. My, word, sometimes words don't even get exchanged. <laughs> like It's like... Orga just gives him a look at me because Zuki's like, all right. <laughs> Listen, I knew like, what type of I knew what type of time they was on in the second episode. Right. It's like bro ran up God and he damn. put five in this nigga's head. <laughs> like, 
He put five in his head, bro, to prove a point. He was dead, Mika. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And they never really went into their past. We just know it was traumatic. <laughs> like, like traumatic. <laughs> we just that's all we know. Um, we we got like some flashes here and there. Mikazuki holding a gun. <laughs> like, anyway. Uh Ken and Ryu under okay. Goken, right? Like they, they've been training. Well, I guess Ryu was the original disciple. Ken, you know, he had that. I'm a rich kid. I'm a travel. I want to learn this money, but their rivalry blossomed into a brotherhood. Um, this is kind of going beyond the realms of anime, but I'm gonna say Common Rider Ichigo and Nigo, um, literal enemies. One of them initially broke free from the Shocker organization, uh, undid the brainwashing of the other, but they were like rival, well, I guess enemies turned friends. Now they save the world together. I'm gonna throw one from Gurren Lagan at you. Simon and his pet mole pig, Buta. Okay. Remember, at that when he needed that spiral energy, who came in clutch? Emergency food. Uh, I just don't be going back to Goran Lagan. The pain. I understand. Um, Mikasa and Levi. Okay, not that they are a duo per se, but something about those Ackermans and Titans, like, I, I don't know. I'm gonna just leave it. They're like they're they're basically the Zenians with the the heaven restrictions when it comes to Titans. Um, then I'm gonna say, speaking of uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, Yuji and Toto. I'm gonna say high school Gojo and Ghetto, uh, going on a little bit more with the Jujutsu Kaisen. Put uh, Yuta and Rika. Oh, that one's kind of twisted. Mm. They are a duo. Uh, then I'm going to say Black Clover hit me with Asta and Yuno, an actual healthy rivalry and friendship. Uh, Tiger and Bunny, they had each other's backs. Um, I'm going to say My Hero hit me with Shoto and Ingenium, um, only because I think they have a really nice fastball special, low key. Uh, and then I'm going to say Tokoyami and Dark Shadow. Because I. Mm. It doesn't feel like Dark Shadow is really a quirk to me. Like, I don't, I don't know. Not, that, nigga is, that nigga is too sentient, like, like, like to, to just be a quirk. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I think, I think Tokoyami's quirk is the fact that he looks like a bird. Like, and Dark Shadow is just like I don't know. Maybe he ate his twin brother in utero, and that's Dark Shadow. Basically. Shoot, uh, you could throw. I would throw Hidan and uh, Kakuzu in there. Mm, yeah, but I just like their dynamic because yeah. Kakuzu was just about the bread, and then <laughs> yeah. Hidan do that weird shit. He'd be like, "Bro, you done? So we could leave or what?" <laughs> it's like, "No, nah, bro, I do my ritual. Like, all right, count this bread. Let me know when you done." That's it. I had a lot, but. I'm not the one who didn't put a limit on it, so getting off yeah. scot free. Yep, my own fault. <laughs> but with that said, uh, anything final thoughts? No. All right. 
Well, this has been another episode of the Now Mind You podcast. Thank you guys so much for rocking with us for another one. We're getting very close to episode 100. Uh, With that, you guys can find us all on social media. You can find me at Matt Hambrick. That's M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C-T-J. Hey, everyone. Uh, This is TJ using his NPR voice. You can find me, if you are searching for me, that is, on various social media platforms. I say various. I really mean just one. Uh, That would be Instagram. I believe it is owned by the company Meta, formerly known as Facebook. Uh, My profile's handle is Tuss4Skate. That's T-U-S-S, the number four, underscore S-K-A-T-E. We thank you so much for your patronage and continued support. Uh, If you are looking for Bryce Coachman, you will be able to find him on Instagram as well under the profile that is Ashe Onsa. That is A-X-E underscore O-N-C-A. And as Bryce himself would put it, bay bay. Matt. I'll pass back over to you. Damn. Mind you podcast. (laughs) Wherever you like to get your social media and wherever you like to get your podcast, you're gonna burn for this, TJ. Oh my god. (laughs) We will see y'all next week, or we'll see you guys over at combat. It's gonna be a quick one. Peace. Peace.